This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. Continuing our Canada Day theme, do we know what we're celebrating today? A poll by Historica Canada shows Canadians don't know much more basic facts uh, than the basic facts about this country. And before we take a look at some of those specific questions and maybe the results, if you'd like to take a crack at some of those questions... Give us a shout, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And now a happy Canada Day to Historica CEO Anthony Wilson-Smith, who joins us on the line. Hi, Anthony. Just waiting for uh, for you to connect there. Uh, Anthony Wilson-Smith from Historica Canada, a happy Canada Day. And same to you. All right. Uh, as you may have heard there uh, before joining us, giving out the numbers, so maybe we can uh, have you play a quiz master here. I don't know if we'll uh, get you to, to do your impersonation of Alex Trebek, reach for the top, but uh, maybe to, to ask some of our listeners some of those questions. So we won't necessarily go over all of them, but just to get a, a an, an overview here. You say that the results should serve to challenge what you consider as a common myth about the study of our past. Well, there's a lot of, yeah, it really annoys me when people say Canada's history is boring. Uh, I think what may be boring at times is the way that we choose to teach history. Uh, it's not a rapid teachers. We just have to work with a curriculum. But um, a lot of focus on dates, institutions, uh, legislation that was passed, certain events. Really, it gets... Oh, it looks like we've uh, we've lost Alex there. I should say Anthony Wilson Smith. We're going to quickly uh, uh, try to get him back there, and uh, and Anthony was just uh, giving us an overview about the Historica Canada survey, which was which was done, and it uh, basically suggests that uh, we have not made all that much progress in expanding our knowledge of the more colorful uh, parts of our history. And uh, we'll take a look at the results, take a look at some of those questions and also the results of that survey with uh, Anthony Wilson-Smith from Historica Canada as soon as we uh, rejoin Anthony. And we should be doing so shortly as, uh, all right, I'm 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 told, sorry about that, uh, Anthony, but... Uh, I, I was just thinking you might be giving up on me when I said this uh, is boring, so... No, 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 no. It was nothing personal. It was merely one of those gremlins that got in there. So if you if you could then please just to hit the rewind there and uh, take us from the beginning. You were saying about maybe it has to do with uh, the way it's taught, not that there's anything really boring about uh, us in the country and our past, but it's just maybe the the way it was taught to us. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, look, dates, institutions, you know, uh, those are important things, knowing who prime ministers were. It's just there's a lot more to that. There's a lot more color. The other issue, and I don't want to go all constitutional on you here, but it's because 
education is something that's up to the provinces rather than the federal government to teach. It means that effectively there's 10 or 12 different versions of history being taught. In other words, if, you, you know, if you're taking history in Canadian history in Ontario, you're learning primarily and almost only about Ontario history. You're not learning about what happened in Alberta or the Maritimes or BC, and the same is true in reverse. So there's no national narrative the way there is in the U.S. where everybody grows up you know, hearing about George Washington chopping down the cherry tree and things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, that uh, probably has a lot to do with influencing uh, the results of, uh, you know, to the questions that you posed. What did you, uh, tell us how this survey worked in terms of how many categories there were, uh, just how it was broken down. Well, first of all, you know, we're the first to say it's a nasty survey, meaning that the results on it were poor, and I'm not surprised because we asked some pretty we asked some pretty tough stuff. So we asked in various categories, which are straightforward enough. There's geography, science and innovation, animals, distinct to Canada, culture and sports. Um, you know, and and you know, you can break it down and say Canadians did pretty well in some things. For example, geography, which is surprising, by the way, because we do know from other studies that. Most Canadians don't leave their home province other than for, you know, for work travel very much at all. But we still know now we still know a fair bit about each other. And uh, what was a surprise, maybe in a in a negative way, you say surprise in a good way that they do know. But what uh, kind of maybe raise some oh, eyebrows, <laughs> you know, where do, where do you begin? Against, right. Where do you begin? So. The marks are very bad overall. If this was a school test, um, on average, the average respondent to the survey got 12.3 out of the 30 questions right. Only 3% would have got the equivalent of an A, which is 24 out of 30 or more. Um, nobody, sh- nobody who got those bad marks should be hating on them because we asked, um, you know, we asked some stuff that we knew was was either tricky or pretty obscure. So I know we're, I know we're going to hold that some questions, but I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, most Canadians know, you know, we've seen that a lot of Canadians, particularly since the Raptors win, know that basketball was invented by a Canadian, by Dr. James Naismith. We mm-hmm. didn't ask that because that would, you know, that would have been fairly straight up. And we, yeah, we would have seen a result. What we asked instead was said, true or false? All of these questions are true or false. Dr. James Naismith presented the silver medal to the Canadian uh, basketball team at the 1936 Olympic Games, which were the first time the basketball was ever featured. So first of all, that's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, second, it's, you know, it's a real stretch. And the answer, by the way, is it's true. And that's what's interesting about it. About 40 years or so after he invented the game, or, you know, he, he was still around and he was doing this. Yeah, I would have leaned toward that, not to score any brownie points, just saying, based on the fact what you were just talking about with the Raptors and Naismith, uh, I'm going to lean that way, but uh, I would have really, that was just uh, a pig and a poke. That was really just uh, just a guess. It was like, which way is the wind blowing? Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Anyway, we've got Peter of, from Toronto who's joining us uh, here, Anthony. Happy, happy Canada Day, Peter. Happy Canada Day to you. And go ahead, sir. You have a point to make or a question for us? I have two points to make. Now, I'm 68 going on 69. When I was in school, we learned more about American history than Canadian history. Very few Canadian history, Canadian geography. We learned more about American geography than Canadian geography. And that really ticked me off. Okay? Okay. the other point I'd like to make is uh, I used to, used to spend a fair bit of time in Niagara Falls, so I listened to GR55, and they had a talk show on, and 
about once a month, they would have um, people from um, from customs go on the air for for a couple of hours. And I still remember the host asking these custom people, what are the most ridiculous questions you get asked by Americans from the South coming up to the border to go into Canada? And is Canada open? A lot of these people thought that once you hit the border, all you see is, is this great big huge forest. And people in the summertime from the, from, from the American South were bringing up skidoos. I mean, in June and July, and, and even in, uh, you know, uh, so, I mean, Americans know very little about our country, yet we have to learn a lot about, about there. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, and They were asking questions, are the natives friendly? As if the, the, the Indians were, could have been uh, fighting, you know? Yeah. Anthony, uh, care to weigh in there? I mean, Peter's talking about... Yeah, I would agree with both of the things that Peter's saying. There's there's some good specific examples on this. So, first of all, we actually did a poll about six or seven years ago and asked how many Canadians knew who was the first Prime Minister of Canada, you know, who knew knew who Sir John A. Macdonald was. It was about 42%. In other words, less than half the people responded knew about our first Prime Minister. Now, imagine going to the U.S., or even in Canada, I would say, if you said who was the first President of the U.S., I would bet you that the score would be higher among Canadians. Yeah. than it was for our own prime minister. Um, the second thing is actually um, the one the, you know the wonderful Rick Mercer. Rick's a member of our Historic Canada Board, a volunteer member. But you may remember, and Peter may remember, years some years ago he had a show called Talking with Americans, and he used to just go up and interview Americans and and throw some deliberately wild stuff out or just test their their knowledge or more specifically their lack of knowledge. So no question, we know a whole lot more than about them than they do about us. Although that's also normal; it's the world's superpower we're living next door to, ten times the population. And Anthony, we've got Martin from Brampton. Uh, Happy Canada Day, Martin. Oh, hi, Bob. Go ahead. Happy Canada Day. Oh, happy Canada Day to you. Do you have a question or a comment? Well, a comment uh, about why Canada is so good. Okay. And that is our education system is probably the best in the world. I live in the back yard and I watch all the children go to school and back and they're all different colors and creeds and whatever but they all speak English and also our healthcare system has got to be one of the best in the world and our welfare system we take care of everybody and that's why Canada is the best Thank you very much, Martin. Martin, question a question for you. You want to? Uh, are you game for uh, a question from one of the uh, from a survey here by Historica Canada? I'm game. Okay, go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to throw Martin. I'm going to throw you one of my favorites, which is that um, the Jolly Jumper. If you know that for kids, the little wire thing they jump up and down on was invented in Canada. True or false? I'm not exactly sure, but uh, quite possibly. So you figure true? Um, okay, I'll go through. 
All right, and you'd be right. It was invented by a woman in Manitoba, and I had not known that before, and I have two kids who are well beyond that age, but I was grateful in my day for it, too. Yeah, I can. Uh, uh, Bram, uh, Martin in Brampton, thank you again, and happy well, Canada Day. Can I say one more thing? Yes. When I was young, and I was going to school, I, I, uh, it, it was great going to school. I, I think that I learned everything that everybody is learning today. Now, I, um, you know, I learned from Dr. Seuss, actually. I read all the Dr. Seuss books, uh, and I, it, it, you know, the education system, they, they taught me, and I think I'm a good guy, I don't know, but, uh, but I think Canada, you know, with our education and our health care and our welfare and our general uh, well-being in that anybody that comes to this country shall know that they are safe, secure, and healthy. Martin, thank you so much. Martin and Brampton, appreciate the, the call. And I am joined by Historica Canada's uh, CEO, Anthony Wilson-Smith, and we're taking a look at the results of a new poll that was commissioned by Historica. And it uh, had to do with, uh, well, let's uh, find out about some of these uh, some of these myths, I guess, that uh, that we have about ourselves. So uh, right now we're waiting for some others to come on the line. So go ahead. I'll uh, I guess seeing as no one else is stepping forward, everyone seems to be stepping back, which means <laughs> I've uh, as a result I'm it. So go I ahead, ask away. Off, Bob. I mean, I'm making. I'm not going to make it any easier for you. Are okay. You no, 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 no. Go go right ahead. All right. Anne of Green Gables has been translated into more than 20 languages, but is enormously especially popular in Japan, where it became part of the public school curriculum in 1952. True or false? That far back. I mean, like 52. Wow. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Just and you'd give... be bang on, Bob. It's remarkable. Wow. So having been to Japan, I, you know, I, I would tell you the school curriculum thing, I had no idea. I've been to Japan, and I've seen you know, firsthand the enthusiasm for the books there. I've also been to the, to the site in uh, PEI where you will always see so many Japanese tourists. Really? She's a fictional character. But, but the fact it's on the school curriculum, the, you know, as to why that is, I have to say, couldn't tell you myself. Okay, yeah, that that would be my first question to you after uh, after putting that question is really that it's on the curriculum. I was leaning toward no, but something just said go yes, go yes. So um, we've got Giovanni from Brampton. Happy Canada Day! Uh, yes, uh, good afternoon, and uh, let me say this: Happy Canada Day to everybody listening, and uh, from uh, British Columbia. Then coming east uh, from uh, Alberta, then Saskatchewan, then Win- uh, Manitoba, and then Ontario going east again. We go to Quebec, we go to New Brunswick, then we go to Prince Edward Island, then we go to Nova Scotia, and then, of course, Newfoundland. And this is a great country, and we have to enjoy what we have here. And I was fortunate to come 58 years ago, and I grew my family here, and I hope everybody will 
be happy today. Happy Canada Day. Now I can take some of your questions. Okay, and you know what? And uh, this country is uh, happy to have had you all these years and all the contributions that you and all of our forefathers made in building this country up to what it is today that is being enjoyed by many more who might be a little bit too young unless they're reminded by their family just all the work that went into making it what it is. So well done, sir. Yeah, anyway, very good. Then thank you. Okay, now we've got uh, we've got Anthony Wilson Smith from Historica Canada. Anthony, please. Uh, Giovanni says, "Hit me." So go ahead. All right, Giovanni. Here we go. So Winnie the Pooh was inspired by a real bear named for Winnipeg, who traveled to England from Ontario with a Canadian soldier during the First World War. So the book character and movie character, Winnie the Pooh, true or false? I think it's true. And you've got it, Giovanni. That's right. And actually, we at Historica Canada did a, one of our Heritage Minutes that show up on TV and online some years ago on Winnie the Pooh. That was First World War again, and just a, a favorite character. So good on you. You want to take one more here while we wait for another, and then maybe I'll even uh, throw yeah, myself out okay. there on the So sword. while we're on... Animals of a sort, the Newfoundland dog became an official symbol of Canada after the governor of Newfoundland gifted one to Prime Minister Louis Saint Laurent to celebrate Newfoundland joining Canada. True or false? Uh, I think it's, uh, yes, I think it's true. Well, that one I'm afraid is false, Giovanni, but you're one for two still, and that's a tough one because it sure sounds like it's true. And of course, the Newfoundland dog is seen across Canada, but it's just not official. Okay, you know what? Let's try to end this on an up note. So uh, let's try one more, then uh, then I'll step up. All right, I'm sticking with animals here, then. Canada has a national horse that is appropriately called the Canadian horse. True or false? Giovanni? I think it's true. And you're right on on that. So two out of three, well, you're cooking. Okay, well, sir, well done. Well done. And uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy Canada Day. Ha- Happy Canada Day, Giovanni. And uh, we've got now uh, Gary from Don Mills. Gary, Happy Canada Day. Well, Happy Canada Day to, to you as well and everybody else there at Zuma Radio. Um, okay, what it is is this, is that the reason why I called is that um, they're condemning uh, Doug Ford for not putting, or for his government, not for not putting on a party at Queen's Park. Right. The thing is, is what gets me is, is that why doesn't City Hall step up and put on a party? Well, there are other events planned, and I believe I saw something that indicated at Queen's Park, I think the, uh, the Liberals were putting on something in place of the government's decision not to do so. And, of course, as you may or may not know the reason, the Ford government said they weren't doing this, and then, then let's get back uh, to our uh, to Anthony here. Although this is still Canada Day theme, it's more newsy than what we've been doing. But the reason the government said no, they said that it was not being all that well attended, and uh, they felt uh, that they could save money and by offering the first five hundred to uh, get in free to various other. Uh, uh, attractions on Canada Day made more sense and was money better spent. So that was, well, that's their view on it and their okay, position. Well, the thing is, so I, I can actually, in terms of City Hall, yeah. um, go ahead, Anthony. The reason that, uh, as far as I understand, that Meritoria, that they have not done that is because in previous years, of course, there were always celebrations at Queen's Park. They didn't want to create, in effect, a competition about it. And a lot of stuff is localized. In other words, you'll find a lot of events by local groups in local parks. So, 
um, you know, for or against that's, um, you know, that's how I understand it to be or why that's not the case. Well, the thing is that, sure, it's, I mean, from what I've read is that it's been on, like the, okay, Queen's Park has been doing it for the last 52 years, from what I understand. So all of a sudden we have one celebration uh, that's not being put on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as I say, I just don't understand why they, w- they would want to condemn them for that just because of one celebration when there's been 52 years of it. Well, there's always critics, right? Well, true. Yeah. I mean, true. It's just that I, as I say, when I read up on this, yeah. I thought to myself, well, okay, one time, and, he, and they, they turn it down. I mean, I understand what it is, what you've been explaining to me, but it's yeah. just that, as I say, for one time, and it's, uh, they're going to condemn him for it? No, I, I don't agree with it. Okay. Okay, Gary, thank you. Gary and Don Mills, happy Canada Day. Enjoy yours, sir. You too. You too. All right, thank you. And, uh, Anthony, we've got Colin from Toronto. Happy Canada Day. Yes, yeah, same to you. Um, I would like to see if I can stump your guest with a question. Ooh, you're turning the table. <laughs> Ooh, go ahead. Now, go right. ahead. Okay, who, Anthony. Hey, okay. Uh, who invented the world standard time system? Oh, you know what's really bad about this? Is it, uh, I think it's uh, Sir Sanford Fleming, is it not? Yes, and, and he was the surveyor who found the route through the Rockies for the CPR as well. Yeah, an absolutely fascinating guy. And the only, to be honest, the reason I knew, the only reason I knew that is, again, we have a Heritage Minute on that, some years old before I was at this organization, but it's been around for a bit. Remarkable person. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A brilliant man. So you, you knew that a little bit. It's almost like you had cheat sheets there, Anthony. Almost. <laughs> and he designed the well, that was a good question. There's, a, there's someone who knows his history anyway. Oh, and for he sure. designed the first Canadian postal stamp as well. Oh, yeah. didn't know that. He's clever. Well, he's Scottish. What do you expect? Uh, as somebody on the phone just might happen to be too, right, Colin? Thank you. Happy Canada Canada Day. Thank you so much. Dorothy in Toronto, happy Canada Day. Go ahead, Dorothy. Dorothy, you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Thank you. Happy Canada Day. I was just saying to your young producer, if you uh, love Canada and you love your freedom, you should thank the Navy and the Air Force and the Army and thank our veterans because only for them we'd all be Nazis. Well, you know, people uh, are so doubtful today. They need more faith um, faith and trust and, and not criticizing the politicians and everybody for what they do and just say a better way, tell them a better way, suggest a better way they could do things. Yeah. You okay. Know? Well, always, and you don't have to wait to uh, until November 11th, and I, I never do. Anytime coming across a, a, a vet, uh, always uh, extend the hand and uh, look them straight in the eye and thank them for what they've done, and uh, um, they'll get it, and they appreciate it. Well, and if I may, it's a very, this, this year and next year, especially meaningful, especially with, the, you know, the talk of beating the Nazis, because, of course, this, this year marked 75 years, right. the anniversary since the landing on D-Day. And next year will be 75 years since the actual end of World War II, including the Canadian-led liberation of the Netherlands. So there are still veterans with us today from those days. A lot of them were present in France on D-Day, and we met with a few in my organization. It's, you know, it's an important time to still show them appreciation. Yes. 
Absolutely. Uh, Dorothy, again, thank you and a happy oh, Canada thank Day. You, Bob. Thank you. And, and yes. say hi to Maria Madden, your news reader. She, her accent is like where I was born and raised, Cape okay. Breton Island. I just love hearing her. Okay. It just goes around my heart like velvet to hear her voice when she reads the news. And, and when I'll be in with her next, I will make sure that I, I do pass that along. And you're not alone. A lot of our uh, listeners uh, just love her. So love her, I, yeah. I will definitely she's, pass she's it along. wonderful. I just. Okay. Thank you so much, Bob, and you too, by the way. All right, thank you. I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to uh, to solicit a, a, a compliment there, so no, no, I don't no, know. I know okay. you weren't. You're a okay. very humble person, Bob. Okay, I've heard you on the news since radio. Oh gosh, like 30, oh, since Benjamin many years ago. Yeah, for lunch we'd hear the oh, news dear. on CHFI, and you were the news reader. So oh, dear. I've always respected you. All right, thank you. I appreciate and that, Dorothy Ross, as well as lovely okay. person. We'll do. We'll do. I'll, I'll pass it along to our uh, our uh, our roster of news readers. Okay. Thank you so much, Dorothy. Uh, Anthony, why don't you throw a couple more my way, and then if we happen to get some more people before wrapping up and before we go to the news, we'll take them. But if you've got uh, some, you can. And don't worry, you don't have to lob them in too slow. All right. Okay. So now, true or false, Rob? The official phone number for Canada is one eight hundred O Canada. No. Yes, it is. If you dial oh. that number, you'll either get somebody answering, offering to give you information on the government of Canada, or, of course, the way helplines work these days, probably somebody saying, due to a high volume of calls, call us back in 20 right. minutes, the wait time is extended, but you will be reaching the government of Canada by that number. You know, Anthony, and what do they always tell you? Go with your gut? And that's what my gut was telling me. And I said, no, I kept saying yes and true and everything. I'm going to go no this time. So... Obviously, should have uh, should have listened to my gut on that one. All right, if you have another one there, I do. So, Canada was the first country in the world to produce a million dollar coin by the Royal Canadian Mint. True or false? Coin. Yeah, one coin, one million dollars. Okay, now I'm torn. After what I just said, now I'm torn. I'm going to say no. And it is true. In 2007, uh, the Royal Canadian Mint did it. I don't Can't want to play anymore. I have one in my house or across my hand, but there it is. Yeah, I was just saying, as you were responding there, I said under my breath, you might not have heard it, or maybe you purposely went past it, <laughs> walked past it when I said, I don't want to play. But no, 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 I'll play. I'll play. It doesn't always mean you have to win. Go ahead. It's well, just you know, entertainment more than anything and information. For listeners and, and for you too, Bob, I mean, so these questions are drawn from, you know, we also, we do the uh, the Canadian Encyclopedia, which is online and free and always updated. And we have eight full-time editors working on it, over, over 19,000 articles. And we spend all year saying to our editors, pull out these little facts when they come along. If you find they're interesting and frankly a bit obscure, just put them aside and we'll, you know, when we get near July 1st, we'll put them all together and put this out. That's how it happens. So you're really competing against eight full-time editorial people who do this every day of the year, yeah, every working day of the year. So Okay. I feel somewhat better. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel somewhat better. Anything you, you care to leave us with uh, on this on, on Canada Day and maybe something, the you know, not so much the results of the poll, but just uh, in, in, in wrapping up here, Anthony Wilson-Smith from Historica Canada? 
Oh, I would just say something personal, Bob, which is that, you know, over the years, I've worked in about th- somewhere between 35 and 40 countries, uh, lived abroad for a number of years. And it was only really when I went abroad and started to travel a bit that I lost that early Canadian sense of, you know, oh, well, we're kind of fine. We're not the U.S., but we're this. And started to realize this is the place where you want to kiss the earth when you come back and you want to be so grateful for what you have here. And I hear all your listeners saying that today, and I'm sure the ones out there are feeling it, too. So it's a, very much a shared emotion and a great day. You know what, uh, Anthony, and I've I've heard that from a lot of people that travel uh, um, much more than than I do or have, and uh, especially if it's work that takes them somewhere, or even if it's not, if they just wish to to go just for for pleasure. But the fact that you've gone to so many uh, and people such as yourself who have gone to so many other countries and, and and the other you know parts of the world to be able to say something like that, I think should really take note of that, you know, to those of us that don't travel as much, maybe to take note of that so that we don't take it for granted, take this country for granted. Yeah. And for those who are not traveling that much, you know, I mean, take it from me. You're seeing a lot of the best of the world has to offer right here. So you're here again, Anthony Wilson Smith from Historica Canada. I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. And uh, next time, if our paths cross, I'll I'll try to uh, bone up on some of those uh, questions and uh, a better showing. But all things uh, kidding aside, thank you so much, Anthony. My pleasure. And I think it was Colin who called in earlier who knows the stuff. So yeah. you can bring him into the station as a tutor. Yeah. He'd, he'd teach me a few things. Too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe get him to co-host with me. That's anyway, right. uh, Anthony, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Bob. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.